2: POD SAVE THE QUEEN!
0: Hello and welcome to POD SAVE THE QUEEN. You can probably tell I'm not Anne Gripper, I'm Zoe Fawcy and I'm your host this week. While Anne isn't here, I am joined by the... Mirror's Royal Editor Russell Myers.
2: Hello. Hello. Oh, how are
0: you? I feel
2: a bit giddy because we're minding the shop, so we can do whatever we want. I mean, what I could, know we could, we could go crazy. <laughs> we have
0: to promise not to break anything. Exactly.
2: I, I, the... <laughs> I, can't, I can't promise. I can't promise. I, I, I'm producer Dan is always telling me off for either speaking too closely or speaking away from the so,
1: microphone.
2: Uh, <laughs> so we will try and be on our best behaviour, but. <laughs> we have a busy show don't we it's yeah been...
0: there's been a real lots to talk about this week and um, you know we've got some big stuff lots of royal outings um, and, and
2: outfits we've got yeah, some new outfit. outfits
0: we've got a royal baby name um, and yeah lots of stuff and obviously some tree planting you know really traditional love for a love a good well. tree
2: planting as like much as the well. royal yeah
0: and I think as well if i'm not mistaken a, a pussy bow as well
1: for Kate. oh well, here we go
0: i'm doing really well on pod save the queen bingo <laughs> from like the week in the seat in terms of what i can talk about but let's start off uh, with prince andrew Because you've got an update for us on that, haven't
2: you? Well, we do. And listen, it has been busy. And there there isn't a week in Royal Land without uh, a Prince Andrew update, is there? Because we've all had, you know, quite a lot of discussion, uh, a lot of column inches filled over the last few weeks with this sort of cat and mouse game that was uh, seemingly being played with whether he was or wasn't going to accept being served with these documents. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been speaking about the fact that he was kind of forced to employ um a new legal team over the in the us and uh despite his team's uh best ever efforts to say that they wanted the case thrown out and whether andrew's um accuser virginia guffray actually had calls to bring these uh sexual assault allegations in the form of a civil case whether she um was able to do that essentially because she'd uh, she'd signed a contract to say that she couldn't bring any further cases. Um, however, it is accepted widely accepted, of course, now that his team in the states were served with those documents. So I think I'm just going to have to look at my calendar because the deadline, I think the 17th of September was when they were officially served. So there was 21 days, so many figures and dates I being to banded to around. From, yeah. no, I'm going to keep my diary up to date. But so there was 21 days from the 17th, which would have taken us up to this Friday. And that is October the eighth. However, both sides, as expected, uh, you've got David Boys, who is Virginia Giffrey's lawyer, and a guy called Andrew Brettler, who's quite a fearsome uh, attorney. I understand speaking to some other legal experts and lawyers in the United States, he is um, well renowned and uh, you know quite quite a, a sort of attack dog lawyer in in the states, and he has taken on Andrew's case. So those two essential sides have got together agreed an extension which will take us up for another three weeks from that date which takes up to the 29th of October and that that essentially will be when Andrew's um, his response to being served with those papers is requested. Then just a few days later on the following Wednesday on November 3rd we are going to have the first conversation i suppose is the best way of putting it um which will be part of a conference call between the two sides with the judge who is presiding over the case to work out the schedule of what is going to happen and that will involve you know whether we might see it be thrown out we might see the two sides come together and say listen there isn't a case to answer the judge agrees and we all move on and get on our merry way i would be absolutely astonished If that happens, I think we will see a schedule of how this is going to play out. And um, again, I mean, we've been talking about it for weeks. A lot of legal experts in this state say this could go on for between, you know, two, three, even five years. So it's not going to be dealt with overnight. And I think that um, it's going to rumble on for many, many more months. However, the next few weeks are definitely key in this stage of the investigation. And not even the investigation, I suppose, the the sort of how the legal process will be developed. What I did find quite interesting, because there was a couple of big stories over the weekend that um, I think it'd been widely accepted. I won't say as much as, you know, Andrew's people were letting it be known, but I think that certain journalists were asking conversations about how on earth Andrew was going to be footing these bills, because he's not only got his uk side um lawyers who were obviously been working on this for the best part of two years since his disastrous newsnight interview i mean can you believe that was nearly two years ago we're, we're right coming I up mean, to the
0: mad it's, it's extraordinary yeah hard. so
2: when he when that happened he was sort of brought a, a legal team and a crisis management team and obviously they've been on the the books not working obviously working every day however when the crunch time has come up recently, it's definitely um, going to be costing him a pretty penny. And again, I, I think it was widely assumed that Andrew's worth a few quid. He was footing these bills himself. <laughs> However, the Daily Telegraph here in the UK um, revealed the story that the Queen was actually footing the bill. And I just find this absolutely extraordinary because you've, on the one hand, you've got you know the queen has been out riding with him she's obviously taking what her son says at face value that he has vehemently denied all these allegations and he is going to fight them uh vigorously uh we understand there's one thing sort of you know, going out riding supporting him having him up at Balmoral acting as though everything is uh hunky-dory and processing as normal as possible even though he's she was forced to to get him to stand down there's another thing to be paying his legal bills um i mean his his finances have all sort of been shrouded in secrecy i mean he's got a small navy pension we don't know how much he's worth he doesn't have any sort of discernible income at the moment um and these legal bills are Obviously, going to be quite expensive. I mean, just reading from the, the piece from the Telegraph, he's uh, Mr. Bretler is thought to be charging the Duke around two thousand dollars an hour. Um, and then, while his appointment is, is is costing that much, he's got you know junior staff, the UK-based legal team led by criminal defence solicitor Gary Bloxham. I mean, these have already set his bills soaring. So it is widely accepted that not only. Um, with with his bills going to be quite expensive, it says that the, you know, the Queen agreed to pay for her son's defence bills at the beginning of last year. So that was just shortly after the Newsnight interview. So the Queen's obviously <laughs> been putting these bills for quite a lot. This is going to run into millions and millions of pounds. Now, this isn't taxpayers' money. I mean, I get you know, um, tweets or emails all the time saying it's a disgrace that the taxpayers fit the bill. It doesn't look like... As far as we're aware, that this isn't this is from this isn't from taxpayer funds. It's actually from her private money, which is obviously source for debate anyway whether any of the Queen's money is private. However, sourced from her annual income from the private Dutch of Lancaster estate, which. Um, which I mean, I think that was even increased recently by about one and a half million to more than 23 million a year. So it's widely accepted that these bills are going to run into millions and millions of pounds. And this case could drag on for months, if not years, as I've previously mentioned. So it's all go, it's all sort of does seem to be changing. Yeah, I mean, listen, it seems to be changing quite a lot at the moment, and I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the 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 witness who potentially had well she claims that she'd seen andrew in trump nightclub with virginia Gaffray when he was apparently at pizza express with further to this uh you know talking about people who are potentially going to be subpoenaed to come forward um it turns out that fergie might even have to take the witness stand i mean i don't know whether that's You'd want her in your corner or not. She seems <laughs> to be quite loose-lipped by That's saying so
0: interesting if that happens, isn't it? Could you
2: imagine? I mean, her taking the witness stand, but she will potentially be a key witness because, as Andrew said in his um newsnight interview, he said they always had this deal where if one was out of town, then the other one would stay with the kids. And he said, I'm not quoting verbatim, but he, he said something along the lines: listen, the Duchess was out of town was um, working away that particular night. So he was definitely with the children and couldn't have been at a London nightclub uh, on the night he was accused of having sexual relations with Virginia Giffray at um, Aguilene Maxwell's Belgravia mansion. So if Sergi was to take the stand and to say that she was out of town and that she um, swears on oath that Prince Andrew was looking after the kids... And it kind of does leave quite a gaping hole in Virginia Gaffray's um, case. However, we still don't know whether she is going to take the stand. We know that she uh, may be called. Um, and I think that this is something we're going to hear of more and more, because as, as soon as the November 3rd um, conference call gets out of the way and the schedule is is uh, is unveiled, then we are going to start to hear more of who is going to be called potentially on both sides. And that may involve Fergie, it may involve Shukri Walker, the woman who claims that she saw Prince Andrew in the nightclub. And it may uh, involve an an awful lot more people. It may involve people at Pizza Express. You never know, because we've never actually heard of people who say, yeah, I saw Andrew at Pizza Express. I don't even think we've ever even heard of the... The family whose part, whose daughter, yeah, the, the, right, the, yeah, the daughter. party
0: organisers, yeah, and as you said, that would be
2: well. It would a, just you, sort of just it's going to just create this ta- tapestry, which will then you know we're we're then going to have a full picture um, of what happened at what time, and we still there are still so many gaps in this story, uh, and obviously I think that um, Andrew's lawyers are going to you know want to be quite. Um, Vociferous in their in their tactics, aren't they? They're going to really go for Virginia Guffray, and she's going to have to have her ducks in a row um, in order to state her case. And I don't think it is clear cut from what we know on either side at the moment. So um, it's a it's a, it, it it seems to have been quite fast moving, and I think it will be up until sort of November. And then, obviously, again, you've got Gillian Maxwell's case, which I saw yesterday. I think that was scheduled for November. And I think I saw yesterday that there are um, court dates that are being laid down at the moment, and that is going to go into the holiday season in the States. So that is going to be heard around November, December, January time. Um, And of course, that may then throw up quite a a lot of other interesting information about people's movements, maybe people connected to... um, connected to Prince Andrew as well so uh let's let's just wait and see see what happens but um it's going to be fairly interesting I think over the next few weeks that's for sure
0: yeah it feels like one of those things that we've obviously as you mentioned been speaking about for months and months now that they're actually we might have a bit more of a, a steer on it at the you know within a few weeks
2: we might do I mean it's you know again it's sort of Again, a lot more he said, she said at the moment that we don't really know who's going to be called to give evidence. Um, it will be very interesting to see who appears on both sides. Fascinating if Fergie is subpoenaed. Fascinating if she wants to put herself up for that, because I do think she she has a real big key part of evidence here that we've never really heard of. Um, so, again, just watch this space. It's going to be very interesting in the next few weeks.
0: Definitely. So, obviously, as you know, it's been there's a lot going on in the York family. But we have also had some lovely news from Princess Beatrice, haven't we? We have a a baby name, a new royal baby. We do,
2: we do. And I, I, I feel you know sorry for the Yorks because, or certainly the sisters, because we end up talking about Andrew and the sisters get dragged into it because there's a Pizza Express thing as well, and they have had a. You know, quite a remarkable year, haven't they? Um yeah, we've had you know baby August and now we've got Baby Sienna Elizabeth, which is a very nice nod to um to the Queen, obviously with Elizabeth. I also read and I don't know. I haven't checked this out because I've been at my brother's wedding, which was you know l- less l- l- less about the the shenanigans <laughs> at the wedding, which was which, which went which went very well. My speech was very well received. Of
0: course, you were on best man duties. Weren't I was on
2: best man duty. I wasn't the drunkest person at a wedding for once, which uh, is a... Uh, uh, good effort. Good. Well done. <laughs> uh, back, back to baby Sienna. Um, I did read which I thought was really sweet. Actually, that they were looking for a name beginning with S, which is obviously Sarah, not to Sarah. Is Siena an Italian name? I didn't. I didn't realise it was. Uh, yeah, I think had, uh, so. Italian yeah. root. So yeah. Siena, an Italian name. Um, very very sweet. Elizabeth nods to the Queen. Um, Queen's twelfth great grandchild. Can you believe? I did think we would see a bit more of a picture than the baby feet. I'm not too sure how many people like. Did baby you see? Feet I pictures. wasn't
0: actually that surprised that we didn't get a picture. Obviously, Beatrice is kind of really quite private with stuff and the way that we've seen the wedding was completely behind closed doors and completely secret. We didn't know about it until well, the morning of I, I didn't think we'd even get that to be honest. I thought we'd just get a name and then that was, and then that. they rolled out, they
2: rolled out the old baby foot pictures. When yeah. we, <laughs> baby, it, it's, well, <laughs> Megan had a, what did we had with Archie? Yeah, We stuff. had
0: the foot for Archie as well. Didn't we? That was natural foot,
2: and we've not had a picture of Lilybet. Oh f- no,
0: we've not had Bat.
2: Not even foot or otherwise. No, mostly <laughs> guarded. Anyway, we've got we've got the baby fit pictures that will probably get you know the sort of pictures you see pinned on people's fridges. But I do think, as you said, they have been very sort of private. I think in the in the in the infancy of their relationship, they were sort of maybe forced to be private because he'd split off from his former partner. There was obviously a child involved, Wolfie. I like the fact that they've been mentioning Wolfie as well. That the fact that he's, they really
0: you know, have. It's been in all of the statements now, hasn't it? It was in the first statement. He was and on then, Big Brother with, Yeah, Big
2: Brother Juice. Yeah. So I think that's really sweet and it's really uh, lovely
0: because she's called him her bonus son before. So I think it's lovely that they're really including him in the the you know the few official things they've done. It sounds like very much they're talking about themselves as a family of four, which which they are, and which is really lovely.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And it's very very you know very modern take on the on the, on the on a, on a royal family. It's a, is the fact that they want to celebrate both the children, which is really, really nice. Um, I, I actually really like the name. Actually, I, I love the name August. So I think I've said this every single show, but maybe I would call my son August.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Sienna as well. So this is something that um, there's been lots of fans talking about this and lots of you know, people try and come up with the meaning of the name, but apparently Sienna is used to describe the reddish-brown earth pigment that's used within paintings, so people saying that's a ah, nod,
2: it all becomes clear exactly.
0: And as she said, Elizabeth is the middle name, which is also Beatrice's middle name. So I think quite a lot of the women in the family. Oh, I think that
2: nearly all yeah. of them. Right? It's, it's yeah.
0: I wonder if it's, it's a thing them. if you if you don't do it, it sounds like a you were like yeah,
2: you're the black <laughs> queen team. sitting there going, hang on a minute, exactly, exactly. A shout out. Why have I not? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's 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 very it's it's very nice. I didn't realise about the. Is it, was it? What say? Reddish, reddish hue.
0: Red. Uh, yeah. So it's a reddish brown uh, earth pigment in, in, used in
2: painting. Pig- okay. Well, then we've you know all boxes ticked. I um, have Lovely name. name. I know
0: absolutely nothing about art or the things used in paintings. No. So. <laughs>
2: well, we're learning. We're learning on the job. So. Sienna. Okay. Lovely name. Um. Not to. Not to Fergie. Um. I saw something just talking about Fergie because she was at an awards do last night and she was, uh, there was some, it was the Hello Magazines, bear with me, it was Hello Magazines Inspiration Awards on Tuesday night, and Fergie was not only praising the Queen as she does, I think this is sort of her tact now, isn't it, and saying how (laughs) amazing the Queen is. I mean, she was out of Balmoral a few years ago. Yeah. Certainly when Prince Philip was alive, that she was definitely banished, and certainly in exile from, uh, you know, after after their divorce, and certainly after... The, the infamous toe-sucking incident <laughs> of years gone by. But um she's, she was praising the Queen. So, but then but then she mentioned something about sort of, the family together as a unit. I'll read you her quotes because these have been interestingly picked up. She said, uh, she's such an extraordinary, legendary and iconic monarch that leads by example. At 95 years old, she still carries on. And for me, we get on, we get on with it and we move together as a unit. And I thought that was... Quite interesting, because a lot of has been made about the fact that she's been up at Balmoral. Andrew was up there, sort of, uh, you know, whether whether he was playing this cat and mouse game, hiding from uh, the the legal representatives trying to serve him these papers, um, is up for debate. But he was certainly um, up there longer than he... um, Potentially would have stayed because he missed the birth of his latest granddaughter. Although we do understand he is back at Windsor, uh, letting his lawyers get on with the business of it. But I just thought that was quite interesting because you know the the, the, the family are you know quite divided on this issue about um, Andrew and quite divided about how he is dealing with it. And certainly my understanding was other senior members of the royal family uh, were really pressing privately um on andrew the, you know to get to, to get his business in order and they weren't necessarily going to step in um but it was certainly the 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 thinking that um all these headlines were really detracting from the business of of the monarchy and kind of tarnishing the queen's good name because you know Obviously, he's not, he's, he's not guilty of any any crimes, but the way that he was dealing with it um, was up for debate. So I think that uh, it will be welcomed in all quarters if things are moving together as one. And he is seen to be uh, seen to be sorting, uh, sorting that business out. But we've already mentioned it. Well, a good few dates coming up. Yeah. And I think that hopefully the, the rest of the family are going to be ho- hopefully getting on with, uh, with their jobs and, and not worrying about how he's handling his business.
0: Yeah, well, and definitely. And speaking about kind of, you know, getting on and getting on with the job, uh, we had the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge in Northern Ireland, didn't we?
2: We did. I mean, I I'm, I'm just had to refresh my memory of the, the pictures of uh, what they're playing with, a, a spider called Charlotte. Was yeah. it a
0: snake? <laughs> there was a snake. William had a snake.
2: There was. Yeah. A H- there was.
0: Snake. Kate, well, looked, I... Kate looked very confident with Charlotte the spider, but there's a great picture that you've got. Will's kind of looking over her shoulder, and he, <laughs> he doesn't look quite as happy about it, shall we say? I <laughs>
2: well, well, fair enough. I, I wouldn't be handling a snake or uh, or, or spiders, but they. Um, I thought this this was a decent trip to sort of kick off the post summer. Um, I was thinking, yeah, but post summer hangover. I suppose you know it's great for, that they're back and doing getting on with things. I suppose that it's always difficult to come back to work after a holiday, isn't it? So they've kind of had an extended extended holiday in the summer. Um, we're led to believe there's going to be you know some decent engagements coming up, and I think a good one to kick it off with speaking um, speaking to school children about how the lockdowns affected them, um, and also which I which was kind of the main takeaway for me is that William and Kate had revealed that they'd been getting a load of animals during lockdown, especially (laughs) chickens and helping them. I mean, a lot of people have done that. A lot of people have got dogs. You haven't got pets. Have you?
0: No, I've, I've actually just, I've just moved house, which is why it sounds really echoey. I should have mentioned earlier actually because I currently have no furniture, but my old house that I moved out of had a dog. So really?
2: uh, yeah, so what was the, with your housemate, she had a dog. Yeah, well,
0: we, my housemate, had a dog. But yeah, so she had well, kind of very on brand. She had a, a well a, a schnorgi, which is a, What's corgi, a, schnorgi? a corgi. Oh gosh! Oh my god! A schnauzer. Really? Uh, what, is that a sausage? Dog? Is that a
2: sausage dog? No, it's
0: kind of. What's it, it just schnauzer? looked like a really small corgi but with a shorter body. So we had the, cor- <laughs> the corgi ears, which, oh, bless him, it did take him a while to grow into
2: for his first Dragging <laughs> exactly, along you know, the floor. A small
0: dog with these huge ears. But no, not now. So it feels, it does feel a bit quiet, actually. I have no meetings where I'm being like something's you you're
2: basically living a squat we need it we need yeah. a goFundme <laughs> to get you some curtains and a chair um, yeah. anyway maybe maybe you can get some chickens yeah. if, you're, if you're feeling lonely but yeah but that's that was really
0: lovely it was you? quite
2: nice and it, and it was you know, a bit separate from the glamour because um you know, I think just the night before, We'd been at the we, me and the Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> and they had been. I, mean, I was there, but they, the, the Cambridges had been at the um, the Bond premiere, was which was full of the headlines about Kate's dress, and then back to. Getting on with the job, going to Northern Ireland, and um, and talking to you know youth workers, kids about the the uh, the lockdown. It was only a very short visit. I, th- I know a lot of people on Twitter were getting a bit excited about whether it was going to be you know two or three days, but it was only a quick sort of in and out to to kick off the season, really. So and they,
0: pack, they packed a lot into it. They did lots of different things in that short trip, didn't they?
2: Well, we had them playing rugby. I've seen yes, although well, I've seen big picture of Kate kicking a ball. It didn't look like a rugby ball. But I mean I've said this in the past. When they're doing when they're out on playing sport and they're doing things that they are, that they look like they are having fun doing, they are actually really enjoying it. So um a good one to kick it off with. And then and then later in the week we've obviously had um Kate yesterday at University College London speaking about another big project which is very um we we know close to our heart she's been working on it for you know the best part of ten years now and all about early learning, early development in children. We've 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 spoken a lot about it here and we've covered quite a lot of it. And what I I suppose I am revealing it, it's um she this is the first in a series of uh, engagements that she's going to do with a specific project at University College London, which is obviously a major, big prestigious university in uh, in the UK. And the project is called the Children of the 2020s. And what they're going to do is they're going to follow a select band of kids from now up until they're five years old and work out how their sort of different circumstances, their home life, their school life, what they're learning at nursery, um, how their sort of socioeconomic background influences their future years. And that is something that Kate's always spoken about. She's spoken about the early years, the earliest years of child's development are the most important. And all of these factors will determine how you grow up, how what sort of job you get, what relationships you get, how you what you go on to achieve later in life. Um, and I think that's really, really interesting. And they were tying it in yesterday Okay, so what I found was really interesting about this engagement is not only that we're you know back into the early years' development. We know that Kate is really interested in it. We know that this is uh, quite a big time for her moving forward with it. But as part of this project, um, the children of the 2020s, she's actually looking into her own family tree. Um, and what is interesting about it, of course, that not... She has come from a very sort of working class background, sort of in generations before, and her mother's family, Carol's family, the Goldsmith, came from real poverty. And on their on, on the, sort of that lineage, they had coal miners, carpenters, labourers, uh, shop shop workers among her ancestors. So obviously, very very different. to her life now and and even her her dad because he he's relatives had quite a, a, a far more comfortable upbringing he's from quite a wealthy family of wool merchants and i think there was solicitors and pilots within his sort of lineage lineage so i think what she will be working out is how you know when you're born into a certain um socioeconomic background and what your circumstances are in um in the in your first in your formative years, they will really shape you um in the future. So I think it's a really good um really good project, really interesting to see how this develops. And um and uh again I think again one one of a number of uh engagements that we're gonna see um of, of Kate doing this.
0: It's so interesting and it's a it's a kind of very Kate thing to do, isn't it as well? Not just to go she's really she's really using her own story and her own family background and making it all really relevant to her rather than just going in and reading about other people. She's really taking it on fully. Well, definitely because,
2: you know, you could, you could easily say that she left that lot family behind. She's now a, a, prin- a princess uh, in a, a Duchess future queen, and, but to actually recognise that part of her family, and why wouldn't she? Why, why shouldn't she? Of course, I think if you if you really believe in it, you've got to delve down back, back into your own history, um, and that is something that will 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 keep it going. Because I think sometimes we find it a bit frustrating of going on these engagements of. Okay, it's early years development. We, we know that she did the big project last this year, the big five questions for the under fives. How is that going to um, have tangible change for children in this country? I think we're going see, to see that over the next few years. Uh, that isn't done yet, but there, you've got to try and invent new ways of keeping this in the public psyche and keeping this project of hers alive. I mean, when you look at William's sort of life project with... The Earthshot Prize and um, conservation. Well, that is a, a sort of a, an issue of our time, isn't it? And the climate crisis is, is ever evolving. Well, Kate thinks that this is the issue of our time. She really does think that in order to affect generational change, this is this is going to take quite a long time. Um, and so it gives it a totally different dimension. And I, and I think something that's going to be really, really interesting. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she discovers in that and how she also um, takes that forward in, a, in her own learning.
0: Yeah. And I guess for, it would be brilliant for George, Charlotte and Louis as well, because they will literally be learning about one side of their family and their history lessons yeah, so, yeah, you know, exactly. now that yeah, now yeah. they have both sides yeah. as well, because otherwise they, they know all of that. And now they can get both sides of it too.
2: Well, what I th- well, I think this will be really interesting because let's say this is part of the curriculum and it gets put into you know, the, the school books and you're learning not only about history, I think you'll, you there, You could be learning about the early development of a child's life is so important and how does that affect decisions that not only children make, but, or adults make, but children make as well. And... What sort of provision is put in schools to make the, make children's lives better who might not be um, altogether um, from, again, different backgrounds in, uh, in, 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 in their home life? So, um, again, I, she definitely believes that this is the sort of thing that she can affect change with. It will take a few years, but um, I think we wish her all the best because it is a very, very noble cause indeed.
0: Definitely. And uh, a lovely high street dress, a £16 Zara
2: dress, which is really lovely with, as well. With a pussy bow. Oh,
0: way. <laughs> yeah, We've we we go. got, we <laughs> got the full bingo. I know. I feel was, I've officially made it now. We, we have been we, introduced as Pod Save the Queen. We're cooking
2: on gas. We had a pussy bow. We had a high street number. We definitely need brothers to get involved here because my, obviously uh, my uh, fashion knowledge is is very limited, uh, some would say, but a <laughs> six, sixteen pound Zara high street dress, which she had worn. I mean, I actually did know that she'd worn this before because I was in Bradford when they did the um, the 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 visit there, and I thought I'd recognised it. See, it's, I mean, it
0: is happening, Russell. You're become you're. Become I am. I dead, have fashionista. <laughs> exactly.
2: I mean, I couldn't tell you how much it was or where it was from, but I did think I'd seen it before. Yeah, sixteen pound Zara dress, and um, I'm sure they didn't want us to talk about the dress. They wanted us to talk about earlier development, but predictably. It was given some column minches. but uh, yeah, for, so, certainly um, a bit of a thriftier number from the sparkly gold dress she was wearing at the Bond premiere.
0: Yeah, a big change. And as if by magic, you mentioned about having something from the lovely Sarah on the dress. She has given her views on it and also the brilliant purple suit that Kate wore when they were in Northern Ireland, which I think, what did you compare it to, Russell?
2: Quality
0: Street. The Quality Street suit, which I think probably isn't the (laughs) the vibe they were going for. But yeah, so over to Sarah.
1: Yes. So during a surprise visit in London yesterday, Kate was spotted wearing a dress that she's actually worn before. As I've coined her, the Discount Duchess. She was seen wearing a sort of houndstooth midi dress from Zara that she wore back in January, 2020 when visiting Bradford with Prince William on their first, I think it was their first official engagement of 2020, which is cool. Um, She paired it with a pair of gray crocodile print high heels and just had that sort of famous blow dry that we know and love from Kate. I personally love the pussy bow neckline and the volume of sleeves that it has. And I think it really suits kind of Kate's gorgeous figure. I know that a lot of my friends and myself um, personally wouldn't be seen wearing the same thing twice, especially once it's been on the gram. But I love the fact that Kate kind of doesn't really have the care or bother for that. And, you know, I think recycling her wardrobe kind of shows that she is slightly conscious about where some of her items that she wears come from. And I think that's, you know, really good, especially in this day and age with a lot of fast fashion brands. It's definitely slightly different to the look we saw her wearing in Northern Ireland of being that Amelia Wickstead vibrant purple suit. So again, like how I said, she dresses for occasions. She's definitely toned this one down and maybe it's a lot more muted because she didn't want people to know that she was there apart from the people that she kind of knew that she was turning up. So yeah, no. I mean, personally for me, anything that Kate wears looks fantastic on. I don't really can think of a time when she's looked atrocious. So yeah, another big style thumbs up from me. Yes, so Kate actually chose to wear a head-to-toe purple suit from a designer we've seen her in many times before, which is Amelia Wickstead. Um, Kate, obviously, is one we know never to shy away from colour. You know, looking back to last week and the James Bond No Time to Die premiere, she obviously obviously chose to wear that beautiful, embellished gold Jenny Packham dress. And I just love love this look on Kate. You know, we often see her in skirts and dresses, so I think for her to choose trousers very much brings the outfit back down and kind of makes it look more casual and probably more approachable i think you know visiting northern ireland's university Magee campus in derry londonderry she probably kind of didn't want it to be about her and her outfit but honestly it's kate and we obviously love her in a bright color so yeah and she paired the look with a navy rolex and beautiful gold hoops very simple and just had a little quilted jaeger bag with her what I actually love is apparently William joked that when she was holding a tarantula, it was quite animated by her outfit. And he joked around saying that maybe the tarantula wasn't keen on purple or maybe he thought she was a flower. But what I also thought was interesting was the tarantula was actually called Charlotte. Um But yeah, I think she looks absolutely beautiful. And obviously she just wore like a little pair of heels. So, you know, keeping the outfit in sync, very casual uh, just kind of what we know and love about Kate is that she's always very she dresses appropriately for the occasions that she's going to but yeah I think her and William look really gorgeous together you know he's wearing a navy suit pale blue shirt and tie and yeah I just think they look impeccable as always but we'd never you know never think of anything less from Kate <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for that, Sarah. Um, we also had
0: the Queen and Charles out, didn't they? Doing some every, ever so traditional and it's not quite a royal week without a tree planting, but it was very special tree planting, wasn't it?
2: Planting a tree for the Jubilee. It's quite a snazzy tagline. And I mean, I just love when Charles plants the tree, because I told you about what he does. He, he He plants the tree and then he goes over and he shakes the leaf and he says, good luck, tree. or have a good good life have a good life tree i didn't
0: know that i love that it's
2: just tremendous and um and camilla has done it before and somebody asked her why she did it and she just said well it's just what we do and so I thought that was, you know, we oh, really live in this totally bizarre world where they're shaking the leaves of trees. But I'm more for it. I think it is actually quite sweet. But the Queen's green canopy is um, encouraging tree planting nationwide to mark the monarch's 70th years to the nation. Obviously, that is going to be a very big deal next year. We've got the big platinum jubilee coming up, there's going to be an extra bank holiday. I mean, yeah, you for yeah, my not. birthday. My I
0: birthday, mean, you'll,
2: you'll probably be working.
0: <laughs> Don't say
2: that. I oh, know. Well, let's, let's just pretend we're not going to be working. I'm
0: trying to work out if I can get the holiday form in before my even, boss Even now, yeah. Together get there and I can sneakily <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Definitely laughs> get in. away with it. Well, they were, in, they were at Balmoral's Cricket v- Pavilion last Friday, joined by school children from Cravy Primary uh planting these trees. And I think we're gonna see an awful lot more of this over the next um few months, certainly as we are leading into the into the Jubilee, because uh this project is trying to plant, I think I'm getting confused with our own project because the mirror has actually a big um environmental project as well, trying to plant a million trees. And you never know we could get Prince Charles to plant one. Oh yeah, that's never, true. You never know, it's it's often the question I'm asked can we get him to plant the tree? So if you're listening HRH, perhaps you would come (laughs) down to Mirror HQ and and plant a tree um, somewhere in the concrete jungle of Canary Wharf on the uh, back of the office. But um, again, I think you're going to see a lot more in this. Nice to see the Queen and Charles out and about supporting each other um, on a a project like this, an environmental project.
0: No, and it was a lovely, my favourite events when you see the Queen and Charles together is when they do it really dressed down, they, it just looked like they were out for a country walk, didn't it? And they're just did. Yeah, off yeah, yeah. to do it. <laughs> let's do it real quick.
2: I love palting. this. This he's got this jacket that looks like. Have you ever seen this jacket that's threadbare? And it's sort of a floor-length jacket. He had it on when they were doing. Um, there was an article in one of the papers that here when those um, the el Camilla was doing the elephants. And he just oh, appeared yes. from doing his gardening, and it's absolutely threadbare. And he said it looks like a conker, um, <laughs> And he, he was a bit slightly. He was a bit dressed more dressed up than that. But uh, maybe again, maybe we'll get him to wear the conker jacket when he <laughs> undoubtedly comes to plant the tree at Miratown. I love
0: it. You're, you're planning this day. I'm now. doing it. Oh, I'm, I'm it. Uh, you can sell that, to him. Don't worry. You don't have to think about anything. I've <laughs> yeah, already just, worked it's out the outfit. Just yeah, all you need lovely. to do is come. It's lovely. <laughs> and so we also had. Sophie Wessex was was speaking out about something that's really important to her, wasn't she? She spoke about the menopause as part of a uh, campaign, the new menopause workplace pledge of trying to make sure that people are supported through the menopause during work. And I think we're going to have a quick clip of what she said here. And to think that women are having to leave the workplace because of this is just tragic. We are fabulous in our 40s. We're even more fabulous in our 50s, 60s and 70s. And we need to celebrate that and keep those opportunities going for women. And we cannot let anybody leave that workforce unfulfilled and also feeling that they have got to slope off into the shadows. It's not right. And we've got to be able to change that. Yeah. So, what did you think of that?
2: Well, Sophie has been patron of the uh, organisation Wellbeing of Women since May, and I think earlier in the year she was opening up that conversation. And again, it's it's something that should definitely be spoken about in the office, and you know, speaking to our older colleagues. It's something that I, I would readily admit as, uh, as a man, I wasn't necessarily too um, aware of it. And I think that one of the analogies that she used were, um, back, in, back in May when she was doing one of these round tables was, it's definitely um, about opening up a conversation. It's definitely, uh, this, I mean, this menopause workplace pledge is essentially to help those struggling with the symptoms and the menopause. And, you know, for, for, for women of a certain age, to not be judged about why they're feeling under the weather, why they may be having hot flushes. Why? And, you know, a simple thing, like why you might be in the dead of winter and a woman of a certain age in an office is asking for a fan in the office and nobody to go, why on earth have you got a fan on your desk? Oh my God, it's crazy. It's freezing in here. Um, you know, but there's there are certain issues that women of a certain age are going through, and it's all about education. And whilst workplaces certainly, I think there is um, a big move in our industry, certainly our our of our place of work to be more inclusive, to work out how other people are adapting to certain situations, especially after the pandemic. Well, this is an ample opportunity to make this part of an everyday conversation, to be more inclusive and more accepting of how other people are feeling at different times. And um, and I think this is something that she's going to be speaking more about. She's, not, she's very comfortable in her own skin. She is dubbed the royal family's secret weapon of late, isn't she? But there is definitely a um a space that has possibly been co- created i know that sophie was doing an awful lot of good work within the uh, sexual violence for women um you know be, being over in, in africa and talking about several issues to do with uh female education and um Uh, and, and, uh, girls of a certain age. Well, this is another fantastic opportunity for her to use the space that has been created essentially because of the Sussexes to really hammer hone, um, causes that are close to her heart and that she believes that not, it's not only women of certain age should be talking about it, not only mothers to their daughters or, um, you know, have women having to explain how they're feeling all the time. It should be for us to have an honest conversation, and for it to um, and to take place in the workplace. So, I think this is it was Menopause Awareness Month, and um, and this is why she was talking as part of her platform for um, the um, well-being of women organization.
0: And somebody else that's been speaking very, very openly and very honestly this week is Mike Tyndall. Uh, he's been discussing his father's parkinson's diagnosis. He
2: has. Yeah, we've I mean we've heard from Mike. I mean he's a he's patron of um Parkinson's UK and 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 he's been speaking quite a lot over the last few months. I think people love the Tindalls, right? They they are quite down to earth. People like Mike and Zara and he's been speaking about not only how it's had an effect on him. His his father has been diagnosed. Uh, he's had Parkinson's for for twenty years. But obviously, um, the the issues with the disease are, are are getting worse for him. He's discussed how it's been quite a, a tough road, especially in the last decade. Um, and he's trying to raise awareness for, for cure Parkinson, so they can do more research, raise the money for that research. But I think quite importantly, speaking about the effect that it had on his mum and how um, you know, okay. it's, and it's not it, it's, it's, it's normally the carers that get overlooked and the real pressure that you have when you're looking after someone, be it with someone with a, a life limiting illness or um, something like. Uh, dementia that that, that requires um, a great deal of care and the pressure that that obviously has on other people. Uh, so yeah, it was at, it was at a charity day for Cure Parkinson's and um, and uh, Mike does a, a sort of yearly celebrity golf classic and um, I'm, I think it's something we could all get on board with, all support and um, and, and and support him in his cause to sort of raise awareness and raise funds for the for the charity.
0: Brilliant. So I think that was everything that we wanted to cover this week, but what what have we got coming up, Russell? Well, I'm just going to mention spoilers for next week.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to mention, I think we've covered this a little bit, but the Williams Earthshot documentary has been sort of out. Um, Lots of people have seen it. It's on the BBC iPlayer. One would presume for our American cousins, it's going to be shown on PBS, hopefully. Um, Not too sure about in Australia, but if if you have access to the BBC iPlayer, all five episodes are being being screened on there and tying in with the Earthshot uh, Prize, which is, you know, we've had the 15 finalists announced, we've spoken about how uh, amazing they are, and we're going to have the final in the next few weeks. So, um, lots happening in sort of that aspect. William's speaking very passionately about uh, the fork in the road that we're at and how we must act now to solve the climate in, uh, issues. Uh, David Attenborough, you know, the, the grandfather of the nation. We, we know exactly what, what this is about. But I think that very interesting that uh, William has sort of put in, not only put himself forward to, to create the Earthshot Prize, but put himself forward to be speaking on this, uh, on this documentary as well. And um, oh, I think we're going to play you a little bit of a clip, what he had to say in the trailer. Our planet is now in crisis. It's delicately balanced systems are becoming more and more unstable with every passing year. So for the sake of future generations, let's act now. Let's take inspiration from the moonshot and set ourselves a global challenge for this decade. A common goal to unite behind, to mend our broken relationship with our planet. And build a better future for all. So there you go. So there, I think that this is something really to look forward to. There's going to be a lot of activity with Earthshot. Um, not only the final finalists have been named, who is going to win those uh, those one million pound prizes, and uh, lots to lots to look forward to on the on the Earthshot front as well.
0: Brilliant! Yeah, like I said I've, I've watched the first one of the documentaries, and it was really interesting. You know, there's so much great content on there. It's all beautifully shot as well. It all looks fantastic. Obviously, David Attenborough is a huge part of it, and I think from William's point, you can really see how passionate we know how passionate he is about that. That's no surprise. But in terms of how he is as a presenter, because obviously he's done a few programs like this now, but I think you can—he's really acts as a really strong presenter in this actually and i think it is because it's something he cares about so much and that really well, shines through
2: you know what was interesting when um when the did the, 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 the prince philip documentary as well and then um the, all the roles were sort of talking about how he was into environmental issues he' was talking about climate issues way ahead of his time decades ahead of his time and it was prince edward who said you know he was he was actually the one getting in front of the camera as well and he was recording and researching the documentaries that he was sort of fronting as well so very very interesting how we've had quite a lot of talk about Prince Philip recently and about his environmental credentials and how he influenced the uh the other other generations um not only Charles saying that he was one of his big influences but William as well and now we're seeing William take that sort of Leap into presenting documentaries. So, you know, it's not only the uh, the Sussexes who are uh, fronting their own documentaries, I think that w- William is taking that on board as well and saying, you know, we really do have a platform to, to lead the agenda. Um, and it's not just for making speeches yeah, the Earthshot Prize is obviously a massive deal for over the next decade, but how are you going to reach the most amount of people? Um, and doing documentaries with someone like David Attenborough is, is definitely something that um, is, is going to do that.
0: Fantastic. Lovely. Right, well, thank you so much for joining me, Russell. Thank you to all our listeners. And until next time.
2: hard Save the Queen!